Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for the latest installment of Full Comment with Anthony Fury. Throughout the pandemic, there has been great focus on the disruption to businesses, to kids because of school closures, to mental health issues. Yes, all very important issues. But today, we're taking a look at something different. Dating, relationships, love, sex, and more, all during the pandemic. If you've been happily married throughout, hopefully you've just found renewed closeness. But what if you broke up during lockdowns? What if you were searching for that significant other? What if going to strip clubs was what you did to relax on weekends? Well, today we're joined by three different guests to break down these issues. We've got a relationship and sex columnist, a young woman who's going to tell us all about her dating escapades, and the owner of a strip club who has been fighting for his business and his employees. What's it like to break up during the pandemic, go on dates, and then settle down with a new squeeze? We're joined now by Danielle from Toronto, a young woman who has just had that experience during the pandemic. She joins us now to tell us her story. Danielle, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You know, I was saying earlier, I am in a situation where I've been in a marriage for a number of years, and that's just been the same. And the main logistical challenge for me that has changed is is having the small children, uh, you know, at home, not school, that sort of life disruption. You know, it's all relative to different people. Uh, there are other people, though, who are in situations where they're in the dating world or in your situation, uh, you had a breakup during the pandemic. Tell us about that. I did. I did. I was seeing someone for um, about a year and a half. Um, and to be perfectly honest, he wasn't the one. Um, and I think a lot of those um, underlying issues kind of exacerbated as the pandemic arose. Uh, and we broke up in April-ish of 2020. Wow, April 2020, so that was first lockdown, pretty tight lockdown. There was still a lot we didn't know about the pandemic, you know, who actually catches it, how bad is it going to be for us, and so forth. What were you thinking at that time? You found yourself newly single. Did you go, well, I'd like to start meeting some people because I'm single right now, or you thought, nah, I don't know, this virus thing, not too sure, we're going to hold on for a bit? No, I I have been surprisingly um, conservative through the pandemic. Mm. I... I'm a very extroverted person, but um, at the very beginning, you know, partner or not, I had no desire to be out among people. You know, we didn't know what was going on. I was definitely of the camp that was still sanitizing my groceries when they came in the house. So uh, that coupled with, you know, coming out of a year and a half breakup, I took a, a little bit of breathing room, um, but also a little bit of, you know, social distance. Right. So eventually when you jump back into the pool, then the dating pool, what did you do first? Was it was it sort of online dating? You were just chatting with people on the phone or you, you did some Zoom meetings and so forth. Tell me how that unfolded. So the first person I dated after uh, the breakup, I think it would have been like June-ish, was a friend of a friend. We just started kind of top, talking on Facebook Messenger. Um, I can't remember what the topic of conversation was, but it, we, we started talking uh, and we started hanging out. And um, suffice it to say that three months later, it did, did not go well. It did not work out. Uh, and then after that, um, I approached the online dating pool. Uh, so when you do first meet a person, I mean, right now we're, of course, told, you know, don't see anybody who's not in your household or what have you and the stay six feet apart and so forth. Uh, when you jumped into the first date mix, the first in-person date uh, situation with people, how did you handle that? Did you say, okay, we're going to do an outdoor walk? We're going to do a park bench? I know you're referring to the summer, so places were open, uh, patios and some indoor dining establishments. What was the, the pandemic calculation you made? Um, I mean, so in my dating experience, it's been a lot of, you know, texting um, beforehand, you know, obviously being a millennial. Uh, but then after kind of breaking through that and we're like, okay, this person is 
you know, not a serial killer in their normal, um, let's meet up for an outdoor coffee or a walk. Um, And I think this, at this time it was, it was very, um, it started to become clear to me that everyone's thresholds and tolerance for risk were very, Mm. very different. You know, Uh, we would meet up and some people would say, oh, you should come over to my house. That's not Uh happening. Um, The first, I remember the day uh, the province announced we hit 700, which just feels like halcyon days now but at the time 700 was a big number and uh, I was walking towards meeting someone for a first date and I was like well I can't back out now I'm I'm walking to meet him and at coffee he he you know took the liberty of putting his hand on my lower back which was did not go over well let me tell you and is that a thing that you know in the past had there been a, a positive connection going on and reading the cues you'd be like okay well that's okay you know there's some people who say okay yes we can't have the kiss or, or, or even more on the first date and so forth uh but you've decided covid and uh-uh, not happening i think it's really dependent on each person's relationship i've learned so much more about consent through covid surprisingly mm. and, and you know not just sexual consent but I think the the pandemic consent or the social distance consent has entered so much more into the conversation. And so you get to put these um, barriers up a little bit. What, after that situation, I began to ask, you know, in the initial texting phase of, of a relationship, you know, what what are your uh, pandemic or what are your what is your risk tolerance like? Uh, and and actually, the the person that I'm with now, um, we had a, a phone call. You know, we had several hour long phone calls before uh, before meeting in person for the first time. So, would you say it was important to you that you guys were on the same page with pandemic rules? You you wanted someone who 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 took the same sort of level of caution as you did. Absolutely, and even just to the level of like, um, you know, don't hug me without asking me. Don't you know, reach out and touch me. Don't take your mask off. Um, until we've we've established that this is okay between us Um, and you know as a woman I think there is um, a a bad habit that we've developed at at really um, putting aside our comfort in favor of making other people feel okay but in in when it came to you know I could actually get sick then I, I became a lot more stringent about, you know, you have to respect my boundaries. And would you say just from from being in the dating pool and then speaking to your friends, whether they were, you know, male or female or, you know, whoever they were in pursuit of uh, out there sort of uh, out in the dating pool, would you say that you were more conservative than average, that you kind of represent the average? Where would you place your perspective? That is so tough to say, you know, because right. you're you're so indicative of your bubble and your group of friends. Um, in my group, I, I I would say I'm about the average, but uh, over the course of the last few months, as I talk to people, I realize I'm definitely more on the conservative end of the spectrum. Just quite surprising. I I, I never considered myself to be that kind of person. I, I mean, we hear stories for sure that one of the things that the police are doing is breaking up large indoor parties, basically nightclubs that are still going on uh, against the rules, these sort of underground clubs and so forth. So I imagine also in the dating world, uh, there's people who are totally throwing caution to the wind and, and doing, you know, whatever is advised against during the first date. I, I mean, what, what sort of stuff are you kind of seeing and, and hearing out there from, you know, what other people are doing? I mean, from one end of the spectrum, um, uh, this is awful. I, I got a message uh, from someone recently inviting me for group sex, uh, which first of all is sexual harassment, by the way. Um, but second of all, who is having group sex in a pandemic? Who is who is having multiple partners in a pandemic? Because this is, yeah, 
I can't even wrap my head around that one on multiple levels. I guess from the new, the, the the reports of various uh, nightclub gatherings and so forth, I mean, yeah, the large gatherings are happening a lot out there, which is the focus of some of uh, what the police are doing and so forth. Uh, Danny, uh, Danielle, when you eventually did settle down with a person, tell me how that experience went. I, I take it all of those steps that you wanted to follow that uh, this this person was on the same page for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right off the bat, there were a large number of people who I matched with online who had no interest in connecting over the phone or a Zoom date for the first time. Hmm. Like they just were like, nope, not interested. Uh, and that's fine. You know, clearly we we put that out of the way. They uh, wanted to meet current- in the park for coffee right away or at the patio for beer kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, I remember when patios first opened, I was getting all sorts of invitations. Let's go for a beer. Let's grab a right. coffee. I'm like, the patio's just open. There is a long list of people who I want to see before I meet a stranger. <laughs> you know, I've got my best friends I haven't seen in months. I'm not breaking my my quarantine for you, some random from the internet. Um, but my current partner, we, you know, as I said, our first date was a phone call, not even a video date uh, for a few hours. Uh, eventually, I think after like three, we ended up meeting on the last warm day of the year. I don't know if you remember back in November, we had that like 18 degree day. Yeah. Um, and we we had planned to meet up in the park, uh, grab some beers from a local brewery and, and meet up in the park. Um, and that was great. You know, he brought a whole picnic set. He brought little individual baggies of chips um, so that we didn't have to share. And I just felt so cared for it was it was so considerate and and that really was indicative of who he is as a person as well so I did you feel it was a big deal when when you guys ultimately decided okay we're gonna have the the indoor date someone's gonna come over to someone's house for dinner or what have you and and if you're referring to end of november i I take it uh all the places were already shut down pretty much by that point or someone's gonna come over to watch a movie or, or whatever that was was that like a was that like a big leap i mean it seems like almost with pandemic rules that's comparable to you know moving in with a person or something yeah, definitely. It's a big, it's a big um, step, right? And, and a step that didn't exist before is, am I going to let this person into my bubble? Um, I, I mean, I live alone. I've been working from home. I'm very isolated. So I, I have the luxury of being able to, to say, you know, if I am in contact with this person, I can still isolate two weeks and not see anyone else. Uh, my family still lives in Vancouver, so it's not even like I'm seeing my family. Um, our second in-person date, we actually ended up going to the zoo. There was a, some light show thing going on. Um, but the logistics there were, do I Uber there and meet him or does he pick me up? You know, we're sitting in a car uh-huh. together, um, for like half an hour ish. Um, and that was the, the risk that we, t- and that was really the hurdle, right? The, um, you know, am I going to get into a car with this person because it's cold out? You know, uh, two days later it was snowing uh, with all the windows closed, so we're 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 breathing the same air. And this was all stuff that was going through my mind at the time. But you did it. You didn't take the Uber. You you took the drive with him. Exactly. Yeah, he picked me up, and and it was an outdoor date. So um, even though we were in the car, we had that outdoor. And then after that, our our relationship progressed at a much quicker pace because we have gotten through that um, physical hurdle. So it looks like that was the right decision, taking the car trip up then. All, all turned out well. <laughs> I think it would have turned out well, even <laughs> if I had taken the Uber, to be honest. But I'm very pleased with how it turned out. Yeah. Danielle, thanks so much for joining us to tell us your story. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Anytime. Your local small business has been taking the hits this past year and a half, and that includes not just clothing boutiques and restaurants, but strip clubs. They're small businesses too, and their employees pay their taxes, and, well, they have bills to pay as well. 
Rob Marciano knows this all too well as the manager of Club Pro, a strip club in Vaughan in the greater Toronto area that's been doing all it can to stay afloat the past year and a half. Rob joins us now. Hey, Rob, thanks for stopping by. Hey, Anthony, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, thanks. How's it going with you? Because right now, strip clubs remain closed in Ontario. They have been for, well, tell me, for, for how long? Uh, effectively since March of 2020. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to make it work in any way possible. So pretty much the entire time? Uh, pretty much. Like, we were, we were able to open up uh, our patios in June of 2020. And then um, towards the end of the summer, uh, there was the announcement from the province that they were closing all adult entertainment establishments. And since then, we've been trying to operate as a restaurant and bar. And, you know, we we actually ended up doing something crazy. We opened up uh, a driving range in our parking lot. A driving range. So you have uh, you have things set up there so people can can hit some balls. Yeah. So we've got five bays set up. They're uh, they're nets and you know real real good quality turf. I'm I'm a golfer myself, so I, I like to uh, you know we tried to create a place that would be something that I wouldn't mind going to hit balls at. Is it you know in the mood and theme of a strip club? Like, do some of the dancers work there as as the staff at the at the range? Well, we're uh, we're planning on doing something with uh, our caddies. Uh, you know, we're trying to help out our dancers and entertainers and and bar and wait staff and kitchen, and we're we're trying to bring them back in any way, shape, or form that we can. Uh, what's been the response from your regular customers and clientele? I mean, you guys are being shut down for quite some time now, uh, getting onto a year and a half. I mean, do you hear from people who say, "I want to go back," or are there people who go, "Yes, we think strip clubs should be shut for for pretty much longer than any other establishment"? So we have our core group of regulars who keep the lights on. They like they they really allowed for us to hold on to a lot of our staff while we were operating as a uh, restaurant and bar. Uh, I know a lot of our competitors uh, in the greater Toronto area just didn't see the point of of trying to make it like that. Um, but we have a very loyal following and, you know, they're, they're kind of willing to, to support us in, uh, in any way. So Rob, what's your perspective on what the rules around strip clubs in Ontario and, and Canada in general during uh, COVID should be right now? Because if you're talking about, you know, staying six feet apart and so forth, I mean, I understand the dancers, they do uh, make a lot of their money uh, giving dances in close contact and so forth. So I know some public health officials would say, uh-uh, we just can't do that at all. How do you respond to that? Uh, I mean, you know, the the science says that that's the, the, the way that we should operate. And... I, I believe it. I, I believe this staying six feet apart. But what I what I didn't like what the province did was that, you know, there were some comments made by the mayor of Toronto saying that he believes that all stri all strip clubs and adult entertainment venues should be closed. And, you know, 24 hours later, the province kind of laid the hammer down. They, they said, hey, you guys are you guys are closing like there, there wasn't any opportunity for us to course correct you know Im implement any kind of new protocols uh i understand that they were worried about the contact tracing with people coming in and giving false names false not phone numbers but from the start we had a policy in place saying you know 
we want your government issued ID when you mm-hmm. can come in. Uh, so we, we knew who was coming in was who they said, said they were, but you know, the, the province didn't really give us an opportunity to, to implement those, those protocols that would have solved their, their issues. So you feel that you could have been responsibly reopened at the same time restaurants and, you know, clothing stores, malls and other indoor facilities were reopened. Absolutely. And I mean, the lap dances are an issue, of course, that's fine. But what about the stage shows? Uh, you know, they're more than six feet apart. Uh, we would we would have had to up, upgrade our, our sanitizing processes, but uh, I, I didn't see an issue with that. Like, if a guy wanted to come in and and see a lovely lady on stage, like, why would, wouldn't he be able to? And Rob, how have your employees, your wait staff, the dancers, how have they been responding to the pandemic? I, I guess they're eligible, of course, for the government support and so forth. But uh, are they are they eager to get back to work, or have people just said, "Oh, forget it"? You know, I'm out of this sector. I'm, I'm you know, I'm done with it. I mean, what's the general uh, general feeling right now? Well, we have a lot of loyal staff that have been with us for you know 10, 15, 20 years. Um, bartenders, kitchen kitchen staff, managers. Um, so they're they're going to be coming back but it, it's hard for them especially the people who have mortgages kids right trying to survive off of serb alone is is nearly impossible and like we've been trying to do everything in our power to bring them back uh whether it was from our patio then we opened up a uh, a virtual restaurant that we tried to keep our kitchen staff uh employed um but then it just got to the point where we weren't able to to pay everybody, and then we had to shut down the the virtual restaurant as well. And then that's when our team decided, you know what, golf probably won't be closed anytime soon. So let's do something with with golf. And as sure enough, like uh, our our driving range in the parking lot. That was our proverbial, uh, middle finger. And then they, uh, then they made going outside illegal. Right. Uh, Rob, do you think that when the rules say strip clubs can reopen, do you think that the customers are going to come back? Because I imagine there are some people who say, I want them reopen right now, but there are other people, uh, who maybe frequented strip clubs who go, well, I don't know. I don't feel good about, you know, the dancing, uh, having the private dances right now and so forth. So I'm still going to hold back for, you know, a number of months or what have you. Uh, you know, we are going to lose some, some customers. Like we can definitely see that, um, whether it's people who have vulnerable family members, you know, they don't want to have that on their conscience coming here, potentially contracting something and then, and then bringing it back to family members. Um, but at the same time, like we are going to gain some people who are just starving for some attention. Uh, and you know what? It's 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 a time that we need to innovate. We need to get creative and um, put out a put out a better product, put out a better venue for people to want to come. Rob, I know the number of strip clubs in the greater Toronto area, and I imagine this is the same all across Canada and other uh, major urban centers. The number has decreased in recent years, in recent decades. It's just not the same industry it once was. Uh, what do you think the pandemic has meant for your sector moving forward? Uh, well, there, this is going to accelerate the closure of a lot of these, you know, already struggling businesses. Uh, we were very fortunate that the place was run correctly. So 
there are some savings. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't reliant on you know coming back full tilt as soon as possible. Like we can kind of get back to the drawing board and then aim correctly and and fire. Rob Marciano, you're the manager of Club Pro in Vaughn in the Greater Toronto area. Best of luck to you, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Today's episode is a racy one, relationships, dating, and sex during the pandemic, during lockdown. Our guest today, thankfully, has all the insights, all the answers on these issues. Simone Paget is a syndicated columnist with Post Media who covers every aspect of this topic in her writing. Hey, Simone, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. March 2020 hits. Canada goes into lockdown. Obviously, most other countries in the world do as well. And at that time, I'm sure there were many people who were uh, casually dating a couple people, planning, hey, let's go out for dinner the next week and so forth. They had their online yeah. dating profiles. They were ready to get out and uh, and live the single life or to perhaps meet their life partner uh, at their very next date. What happened at that very next moment? I mean, what, what, was, what was the sense of people who were dating when that first happened? Um, like from what I've heard from friends, like I, well, I'll tell you a bit like what happened with me. I actually like right before the pandemic, um, I went on a sex themed cruise as a press trip. Um, I was on a Caribbean cruise for a week. Um, it was, um, the temptation cruise and it's a topless optional cruise. Um, it's, you know, there's sex workshops, there's like a playroom where couples can go in and have like, have sex in a sort of semi public space, like it was a very like, you know, different environment um, within like, I got back from that, um, I guess, at the end of February, and I actually got really sick. Um, they, I thought maybe I had COVID, I didn't. Um, so I was kind of like sick for um, a couple of weeks there. Um, and then, then the pandemic hit. So uh, I didn't, I kind of went from like, like crazy observing like these like, crazy sort of like sexual like adventures <laughs> to like full on lockdown. Um, so I wasn't really dating anyone at the time. And I kind of went into hibernation until kind of the summer. Um, I think like everyone's had different experiences. I know, um, a lot of single friends who have continued to date and talk to people throughout the pandemic. Um, I think at, from what I've heard, um, a lot of people are having more, um, they're having more conversations. They're talking more, they're getting to know people more before they actually meet up. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing, especially given like what we've talked about with like me too. And, um, actually giving like the chance for you to like suss out a person, get to know them like over FaceTime or like Zoom dates um, and see if you actually, you know, connect with them before you take that step to meet up. Um, I also you think that could be a good thing doing... moving forward, like to keep yeah, that definitely. post-pandemic? Yeah, definitely. And um, I wrote about recently in one of my columns that um, the majority of uh, I believe it was Hinge, the dating site Hinge, um, are actually going to keep doing video dates even after it's like safe to go out and meet in person. Um, because there's a couple of reasons, like it does give you that sort of like, just sort of initial like vibe check to see like if you, do you want to go out in a public place with this person? Um, 
do you have anything to like, is there any kind of spark there? Um, can you have a conversation? Um, and also like, it's, it's less of a risk for health reasons, but also like it's cheaper. Like you can have a glass of wine at home and talk to someone on your computer or your phone. Um, Isn't that so unromantic though? (laughs) To say, you know, bring bring your own bottle of wine. Sit on the the screen. It isn't, it isn't like people are actually saying because they're in their homes and relaxed, they're actually having better conversations. Um, And I have done a little bit of like video dating, like in the summer, uh, last summer, I got quite into doing like Zoom dating and Zoom speed dating. And I did make a connection with someone and we kind of had this like, we, we actually never ended up meeting up, but we had this sort of like two month long phone and like Zoom relationship. Um, and it actually was kind of, it was a kind of a nice throwback to the days like of being, I don't know if you remember like being like a teenager or like in your early 20s and having these like long phone conversations with like the person you were dating or like the person you had a crush on and you kind of end up talking more. And it was really kind of, yeah, it was kind of nice in that sense. Um, So I think that is happening, but also people are going out to meet people um, in public. Um, They're doing like socially distant, you know, going for a walk or like a date to like the dog park. Um, And you know, or maybe going to like an outdoor dining experience, like depending on how safe they feel, um, which is nice too. But I think um, what's interesting is like how this ties into me too, is people are seem to be more comfortable now having the conversations about like, hey, so we're meeting up, like, are we going to wear masks? Are we going to, you know, hug? It's almost a consent conversation. It is, it is. And I think that's like kind of like a positive thing is like, maybe if the me too movement hadn't happened we wouldn't be able to have these like it would be a bit more difficult i mean it's already a bit awkward like to say you know ask the person ahead of time but when you put like health on the table um then you know it makes it right you can say on the first date you know are you going to wear a mask but on the first date it's a bit presumptuous to say who's bringing the condom oh yeah exactly yeah but um and everyone should always bring the condoms <laughs> everyone should always have all right good, good um uh, someone let me ask yeah. you about about sort of volume of people in the dating pool like I, i'm sure back you know march 2020 everyone was like oh stay home don't do anything and of course for two weeks or three weeks or whatnot yeah. there was just the general fear about you know what's going on but at a certain point people said okay you know gotta put my toe in the water again what what was what what's your impression of what that was like i mean was there a greater volume of people suddenly doing online dating? Were there fewer people? I mean, are there people who are just like, look, yes, I'm, I'm single. I want to see people, but uh-uh, I'm out. Can't do it right now. What, what was, what was the general do I, or do I not response? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's different for everyone. Um, the stats that I've seen that have been sent to me show that dating like on apps and stuff, like the volume has remained the same in some cases has actually gone up because people are like at home bored looking to connect with people looking to connect with anyone like have a new conversation so it actually hasn't gone down at all um as far as like people actually meeting up in person like i don't know i haven't seen any statistics about how many people are actually going from the apps to meeting in person um 
myself, like I kind of have taken a step back and completely removed myself from the apps. And um, just because like I live with someone who is like in like a high risk category. So for me, it just doesn't seem like for me, it just wasn't worth it. So there's a lot to factor Um, in, not just in terms of your own dating life, but then to your point, how it's affecting others going about and meeting other people. Yeah. And I'm like, is it worth like me going on some date with some person I don't even know to like potentially kill my family? Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) definitely not for me. Um, But I think now too, like the people like me who've kind of taken a step back now that like vaccines are starting to roll out slowly, um, there is going to be those people who kind of hibernated are going to have like a return to dating. Um, And that that will be interesting but like it hasn't slowed down at all like it's been the apps have been busy it's just like i don't know what's happening like on the ground like with people actually meeting up i can only say like i know some friends have been going on these kind of socially distant dates um well well, you've got to think you know there's the hyper cautious people but there are people who are not cautious at all and I, i know there's not a lot of stats out about you know people doing stuff when they really shouldn't be but I can tell you, you go and search on all these different online Kijiji places, and I'm, I'm not looking to rat anyone out or get anyone charged here, but if you want someone to come over to your house to to give you a haircut, or for instance, you can find that. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole underground economy going on uh, all across Canada right now in the most locked-down jurisdictions. I've got to think there's similar things going on with the hanky-panky. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, And it's kind of interesting because it is also like coming out as like people holding other people accountable. Um, There's like, this is not related to like what I write about necessarily, but there is like a popular Instagram account called um, gaze over COVID. Hmm. And it's basically, um, it was sort of spawned by like that accident that happened in Puerto Vallarta where there was like a party boat um, full of guys um, that ended up sinking. And it kind of brought up this like idea that there's still people out there um, of all different sexual orientations having like sex parties and, um partying and like hooking up um yeah and there's always going to be people who are like are much more comfortable with risk and i guess the question is (laughs) how does one move forward because when when lockdown restrictions are over and when the pandemic is more or less behind us i mean there's going to be sort of lingering cautiousness among many people i don't know what the percentage is a sizable percentage of the population and then there's going to be those others who've always thrown caution to the wind anyway and you're all going to be on the same dating apps or having the same potential to meet each other at, uh, at various events and so forth and it'll be curious uh, to see how those sort of social cues are navigated. Yeah, and I've noticed um, this is like more information that was sent to me from dating apps was um, a lot of people are listing their like vaccination status in their mm. profile now. Um, I, Do you think that should be like a mandatory tick box on the dating thing? Like, you know, you now say vaccinated or not click kind of thing? I don't, I don't know because like, I think it's dangerous to do that because there are some people who can't get vaccinated for like other extenuating health circumstances. And I think you don't want to create this like sort of two tier um, system where people who aren't able to get vaccinated either due to access or because of a health issue are like discriminated against. Um, But I do think it means, like you have to have that conversation with the people you're dating. Like, I want to know 
if I go out with someone like, hey, are you vaccinated or how do you feel about vaccines? Like, are you willing to like get a vaccine? Like what's, how have you behaved during the pandemic? Like, I want to know, like, are they, have they been kind of, you know, like most people kind of laying low or are they the kind of person who's like, going and doing stuff that could potentially put other people in danger. Simone Padgett, this has been yes. such a fantastic conversation. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us for your syndicated columnist with Post Media covering everything to do with relationships, dating, and sex. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Full Comment is a Post Media podcast. I'm Anthony Fury. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. You can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us by giving us a rating or a review and by telling your friends about us. Thanks for listening.